Hello and welcome to the Tony Daily with me, Tony Kent. It is the podcast that invites you to come find yourself and I invite you to join me in the co-working space that I like to come to every now and then. It's just um, good to be away from all the distractions of home. You know, I mean, I miss not fussing the dogs every five minutes, but I'm more than happy not to have laundry <laughs> and washing up and the mess of daily family life in my face. Um, had an amazing day in London yesterday. Um, if you want to see how that went, hop onto my Instagram at Tony underscore J underscore Kent. I will come back to what happened yesterday. But for now, I wanted to follow up on um, a topic that I posted about a couple of days ago, and um, it's about grief. And I had a really incredible response to it, actually, um, talking about bereavement at an early age. And on LinkedIn in particular, I've had some replies and I've had a request, so... And I've also seen that Shane McGowan um, has died, which I just love the man's music. Um, and as an artist, I mean, for me personally, I thought he was incredible. And I've read some of what his wife has written, which is just beautiful. Um so I thought it must be the right time. And actually, a good friend of mine, Chris Allen, he runs uh, Diversity and Inclusion. It's called Your DNI um, Organization. And he had been doing a session about grief in the workplace. I think actually coming up soon, there is, it might be through Cruise Bereavement Care, there is, it might be Grief in the Workplace Week, something like that. There is a kind of a, a, a moment coming up that if you work for a corporate organisation that has kind of DNI programs, you might see this pop up. But I think there's definitely a need for conversation. And I have been specifically asked by one of my friends whether I would write about kind of grief in the workplace. So that's to come. Um and it is a topic that I guess I feel like I've got um, a lot of experience of and I'm not uh, afraid to speak about. So just to kind of, I guess, give this some kind of structure, um, I thought I would kind of recap on what was said last time and share with you some of the comments. So um, recent post that I put on LinkedIn to accompany the podcast said, if you've been bereaved at a very early age, as I was, it can prompt a few things. Going off the rails because life is too short, we might as well party while we can. Racing through bucket list activities because, well, it could all end tomorrow. Pursuing professional achievements because you don't know how much time you have. Figuring out how to achieve your dreams because I don't want to die having not tried it. And committing to preserving your health because you don't want to repeat that cycle. <laughs> So throughout my life so far, I've done all five. In my 20s, I think I was aiming to do them all at once. I mean, it was weird. But you know, and probably lots of people have experienced this where, especially in your 20s, you run at life as hard as you can whilst simultaneously trying to sort of look after yourself. So it would be like 
go out for a big night out and then get to the gym at six in the morning um, and eat healthily, but then go for a massive blowout curry followed by loads of drinks, followed by going to the gym. Um, So I was very much like that in my 20s. Um, (laughs) Today I am too knackered and sensible for that now, mostly choosing to operate in the final two areas, which are figuring out how to achieve your dreams and committing to preserving your health. But let's be honest, I know myself. I don't always... (laughs) I don't always make the best choices, but I can tell you this. I do act with a lot more moderation than I ever did. So yesterday um, at these networking drinks, I had, I don't know, maybe three drinks and then got the train home and got picked up by my husband, which was very nice. Um, but yeah, you know, when you've, if I had been in my twenties and there was a lift at the end of the night, <laughs> I've had like, oh my God, like when I was about when I was about 20, I went to a works do and my now husband, then boyfriend was collecting me from the station. I had so many drinks, I fell off the train onto my knees in a pair of cream trousers that I had borrowed. Oh God, I must do something with that story. One for another time. So I asked people what they thought and I asked, has bereavement and grief changed the way you see the world? Do you find yourself looking out for these associated milestones? And are you now investing in yourself from a perspective of growth and not one of fear? And the comments, oh, I had one from Emma um, who said, I lost my mum in April this year after a very short illness. My outlook on life has changed completely, who I am as a person and how I see others. I could go on about how my life has changed in the last seven months. And for someone to, you know, it does take courage to speak about your experiences and to share with people that you're hurting or just to talk about the person that you have lost. And as with the conversation I had with the lady on the train who was telling me, about her husband who had died and I guess I felt quite compelled to ask her what his as she said I think she described him him as my late husband and so I said to her talk to me about that and then she was telling me and I said what was your husband's name and I know and not in (laughs) not not in an investigative journalist kind of way but I guess something that I have experienced through having friends and colleagues who have experienced loss, one of my former colleagues, and we were sort of friends at the time, she lives overseas now, um, and her daughter was stillborn, and her name was Emily. And I remember speaking to other people and them finding it difficult to, I guess, hear about the topic. But I know that my friend wanted people to know who Emily was. She was her daughter. And I think it is things like that where we can worry so much and think, oh, 
mustn't mention it, mustn't say anything. Um, and obviously I am not a counsellor or expert, um, but I, I think, you know, we always have to be led by the person who is experiencing the grief. But I know for people that I know who have experienced loss, they want to hear the name of their loved one or they want to be able to talk about them because they're still very present in their lives. And um, I was speaking with another friend who had lost her husband and we were walking home. We'd been out for some drinks with a friend and it's so hard for her at this time of year. And, you know, we've said, God, like we would give anything that she wasn't in that position. And, and you kind of feel like, God, I don't know what to do. And my friend was talking about her husband and and just sort of, I don't know, for her to be able to do that, I, th- I think, was kind of important. And it was important for me to listen and, and be led by her. And we shouldn't be, I guess, worried or turn away from people who want to talk about their loved one. Um, and one, um, uh, another person on LinkedIn that I know, Almani, um, she responded to the post saying, um, this resonates so strongly with me. Losing my fiance 18 months ago, while we were both still quite young, has made me so anxious about time. The idea of wasting even a day is equal parts terrifying and exhausting. There have been good things to come from it, a little push to grow and try new things, but it does need to be tempered. (laughs) And like you said, Tony, come from a place of growth and not fear. And she put still working on it, growing through grief. And that growing through grief thing really resonated with me. And I suppose in terms of my own experiences of grief I do try hard not to operate from a place of fear because I I did for a long time and I still do sometimes I remember being paralyzed with a like there were moments where I just think oh well probably because my mum was widowed early that will probably happen to me and you know it's irrational (laughs) but my grandmother my mum's mum had been widowed young as well. So you go, right, so my my mum's mum was widowed young, my mother was widowed young, one of my mum's aunts was widowed young. Oh, my God, my dad's mum was widowed three times. So, you know, for, it, you can understand why your brain might lean towards, well, that's probably going to happen to me. And do you know what that might <laughs> if it's going to happen, but in, in some way, like assuming that I stay married, either I will be widowed or he will be widowed. Um, uh, but you can't live your life in fear like that. So I, I think it is a, a conscious effort to um, think. Okay, how do I grow with this grief still there? And there's a good. Um, kind of diagram of how it it says your grief doesn't go away um it kind of you grow around it so it's always there but um you as a person continue to grow and you kind of carry the 
sadness of or anger at losing that person with you. And I imagine there's an element of some days it feels like you've swallowed the most like sharp edged, painful rock and it's kind of stuck. Um, and other days it, it maybe it feels like you've got some kind of tenderness in your heart or I don't know how to describe it really, but um, I think what I have realised, and, and this might have come up on a conversation I was having with someone on Instagram actually, was that I had thought, having experienced the grief of my dad when I was a child, that was very different to the grief I experienced when my mum died. And I went through a process because um, if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know um, I was chose to be estranged from my mum. Um, and I went through a period of grieving the kind of loss of a relationship and acknowledging that it could never be what I guess I had hoped it would be. We were never able to make that relationship something that was healthy, which is sad. Um, so there was a huge grieving process around that. And then when she did die, which was during COVID, it it was an incredibly shocking uh, moment. And I remember walking, I used to go on loads of walks and feeling like my head was swimming. So feeling like, you know, I'd been on a roundabout and someone had spun it too many times. And, and just sort of having to stop and steady myself, really, um, I kind of noticed that. And then we've had, you know, when friends of ours have died and you kind of almost like you're being stopped in your tracks you you kind of wake up each day and it's not even you know you it, it's not your partner or your child or your parent and it, it, there is that moment if you wake up and go I can't, I can't quite believe that that it's possible so um I suppose in the context of the workplace and this is where I think or I, I hope things are changing it is that you, you can't expect, and I guess some places do, and some people use work as a, a place of solace um, and a, a place to kind of not think about some of the troubles that we all have. I know there's a friend of mine who's doing, um, and somebody else I spoke to as well, actually, a couple of people I know have taken jobs in supermarkets um, doing like, uh, you know, fulfilling online shopping orders um it, like you know in during the night so doing a night shift in a supermarket filling um trolleys and they've both said it's so good to go in and just completely switch off so you're just doing something with your hands and you've got colleagues who you, you just pass the time of day with and you meet all sorts of different people from all sorts of walks of life and it's quite sociable and it's not um i guess to, like to taxing from an emotional or, or intellectual point of view although put me in Sainsbury's and ask me to find where they've moved the bloody paracetamol to <laughs> that is very intellectually challenging for me but they both said that you know they use it as a bit of escapism um so there are people for whom they won't want to talk about this kind of thing at work however I think it, it is valuable to 
for everyone to be, I guess, aware and unafraid to speak to a colleague who is going through the grieving process because you come back. I might have done a podcast episode on this, actually. You, you go back to work um, slightly changed. Um, and I think it was my friend who lost her husband was talking about this, you know. She said, I am still me. I've just I've changed a bit. I'm not different, but I have changed. And so to expect me to come back and just carry on as normal and perform in the same way um, outside of all of the practical changes that, that that occur in your life when you lose a loved one you know there is a, an emotional personal impact um, so I think I'm glad to see that there are organizations that are looking at how do we support our employees in the workplace who are coming back kind of slightly changed um and how do we help them to feel comfortable and how do we help to make sure that it's not an awkward conversation because it is the one thing that we will all experience we will all experience the death of a loved one in our lifetime and you know it is part of life is to die um and not talking about it, kind of just, especially in the UK, everyone gets very awkward. Oh, I don't know how to ask about it. Um, so I guess what I should do probably is signpost some useful resources. My go-to is always cruise. Um, so what I will do is I will put in the show notes places that you can go um, but cruise is spelled c-r-u-s-e it says cruise bereavement care and i guess actually if things are feeling overwhelmingly difficult then samaritans are always available and i'm not ashamed to say that i have called them in the past um and I will look for other organisations that I think can help. But tell me if there's anything specific you are looking for. So a bit of an extended episode today, answering, I guess, a request from a number of listeners. Uh, if you have messaged me, I just want to say thank you for doing that. And for those who have kind of um, posted publicly and shared their stories, I mean, sometimes it takes courage just to face the day, you know, just to get up and and get out of bed, put your clothes on, you know, sometimes that is enough just to do that. So I think, you know, the courage that is displayed in publicly saying this is what has happened to me is huge. And um, I'm kind of thankful that you would trust that story with me. Um, so that is all for today. Thank you for being here for the podcast. And what do I hope for you? I hope if um, you've experienced loss, that this helps you feel like um, you're not alone. Bye-bye.